this, these, uh, the next couple of weeks, we've been, and last week we started on a new journey uh, with a sermon series, what would Jesus undo in our life? We all know the stories about the, 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 what I shared last week. We all know about, you know, uh, the, the bracelets or the bands that most of our people would wear in their hands uh, and the wrists. It was about what would Jesus do? WWJD. And today, as we are sharing from the scriptures here, it's about what would Jesus not only doing, but what would he undo in our life? You know, we need to position ourselves in a place, in a situation when God sees something that is not right for a Christian walk and a life. We need to be in a place that we acknowledge that, Lord, I understand this word helps me to take away the impurities of my life so that I can become clean in your presence. And that's how we become whole in, in, to become imperfect with who Christ is, to become in the likeness of his image. There's a process that we go through every single moment of our life. Amen. That was God. Y'all did not get it. This, this loud echo is God talking to you. But we need to understand that it's time and moments in our life that we position ourselves to hear from him. We all love the, the Holy Ghost. We, we love about fire anointing. We love about fire. But can I tell you, fire is not good. It will purify us. It will purify us and make us whole. It will clean us, the impurities within ourselves. It will is, it is, make us clean. And that's why in the Holy Testament, in the, in the New Testament, the Holy Bible we see in the New Testament, when the Spirit of the Lord came down, when the Holy Spirit descended, what was happening? It was seen in the forms of fire. Why? Because God wanted to make sure that my church, my bride will be a holy church for me. Every impurity that is within ourselves and our system, our ways will be washed out in the blood of the Lamb. He wants to refine us. Gold has no value if it's just extracted from the ores. It, it, if it is just taken out from the ores, you know, it has no value. But it has to go through a refining process. And once it goes through a refining process, oh my friends, it is expensive. Any mineral after it has gone through a, a process of refining, it becomes expensive. Our value lies in the refining that we go through. Sometimes we have to be thankful for um, the problems that God has allowed in our life because these circumstances are taking us through a place where we are refining ourselves. What would Jesus undo? Many years ago, um, this morning as I, I bring this word, many years ago I was preaching at, I think it was around uh, maybe 12 years ago or something, I was preaching at a church, another church conference. And while I ministered, I was happy to minister there. And it was a beautiful service. God did amazing things in the service uh, back in uh, one of the cities in closer to Bangalore. And after I ministered, uh, you know, after I ministered, you, I mean, you, you, I mean as, a, as an itinerant minister, you know, uh, you wait for the handshake, right? You, pastor kids, you you, you kind of wait for the handshake, holy handshake, right? And you receive something, you keep it in your pocket and you just walk away. And uh, back home, you come back and you see what the Lord has blessed you today for the 40 minutes. So I'm, I'm being honest with you. 
Come on, I'm being, I'm being honest with you. Because I know most of y'all here are either the children of pastors or being in the family of pastors. You have seen probably your parents doing it. I, I, this is my own experience. So I ministered in this church. This pastor gave me an envelope and I took it. I prayed for the pastor and all the blessings and I didn't want to open it. I mean, you don't want to open the, how much did you give? I don't want to do it. So I came back home and I opened my cover to see it was empty. Oh my goodness. Just imagine. It was funny. But something about me is, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm a person, if, I mean, it, I take it, okay, it's okay. God knows what is good for me. And I just took the cover. I didn't say, I mean, usually what I do is back when I was young, uh, every check, every money that I used to get, okay, th- just for your information, the first offering that I received, you know what I received? A five-star chocolate, Cadbury five-star chocolate for preaching 30 minutes is what I received. That was my first offering that I received. And God has blessed after that, thankfully. But this is my story, you know. So usually whenever I receive a money or tithe or anything, you know, as offerings after a minister, I come back and I give it to my dad, you know. He's the head of the family, so I give it to him. And some of you all who is going to join workforces, first salary, come and, you know, give it to your parents. Let them bless over it. And then your first salary should come to church. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So this is what I did. You know, I opened the cover and I gave the cover to my dad. I said, dad, you know, I have only the empty cover. I give it to him. And dad said, you know, don't worry about the money and stuff. And I was quiet. The first few days I was like, okay, this, is, this hurts me, you know, because this is part of my job. I was preaching and I need to get something and I did not. And it was okay. Then I, I calmed down. A month later, this host pastor called me again and, you know, uh, to our landline and uh, uh, land phone. And, and he asked for, can I talk to the young guy, Justin? And, and he wants to say, and he said, Monet, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what happened, Pastor? I know what you're talking about. But I'm like, what happened, Pastor? Monet, you know, the, the, the cover that I wanted to give you is still inside my drawer. And I gave you a wrong empty cover. I'm like, I know it, Pastor. But I didn't want to say that, right? But I'm like, Oh, really? Pastor, it's okay. He like, he drove, you know, I mean, it was quite far away in KGF area, which is around like one, one and a half hours away. And he drove all the way one and a half hours that evening, Sunday evening. He came and he gave the check and said, he said, money. Guess what? This time when he came and gave me the check, he gave me two checks actually. So sometimes when your blessings are delayed, it is good because you're going to get something bigger. Come on, people. I give you an opportunity to clap your hands. This is my story, right? So this man of God, he comes and he gives me the check but here's what I want to bring your attention towards what if the worship that we give out to God what if the words of adoration that we bring out to God what if all the gifts that we bring to the house of the Lord he looks into it and he says it is empty words it has no value to it what if we bring out all of these adoration? We are beautiful song. Yesterday, I enjoyed ministering with our worship team um, at the Semihan Korean Church. It was a beautiful time, um, you know, ministering to the youth in the church. And some of, it was my dream to travel with our team to different places and to minister. And kind of it, it happened yesterday. And I was rejoicing as they were leading worship. And I was there with them uh, 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 doing ministry there. What I'm trying to say, we can do these songs. We can do endless preaching. I can, I mean, I was just looking to my database yesterday evening and nearly 113 sermons I have preached already in Zion Church in the last two years. I can do all that. 
I can do all these preachings. I can stand here and talk, elaborate on stuff. But what if God looks into my life and he says, you know what? All of those words are empty in my sight. I don't value it. I want to bring your attention towards a scripture portion that has been, that has been bothering me. Um, you know, as we, as we look into the aspect and the study of what would Jesus undo, I want to bring your attention towards Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read it for you. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn it with me. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. If you have your verses, say amen. All righty. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Wow, beautiful verse in the Bible. Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. Well, according to me, it's a good point. You got to wash your hands before you are on a dining table. Amen. How many parents you have helped your kids to understand it? You know, you got to wash your hands before you come and eat with us. Because I don't know where all you have put your hands at work. Uh, in March, um, we were in India and um, my brother told me, Ajita, let's go to this restaurant. It is the best restaurant in, in Bangalore. It was a roadside restaurant. And he told me, it is the best restaurant in, in Bangalore. And this guy took me there. And they had chaya and paripuvada and um, what do you call that? Etake appam and different stuff. It's a Malayali kind of a roadside uh, restaurant, tattigada um, kind of thing. And he, he, this guy gave the best chaya. This guy gave the best palap. What, what am I? All the appams that he gave me. It was really good. But as I looked at his fingers when he was giving me, I'm like, whoa, he can't have, I can't take it. Have you been in those places? You'll like it, right? I'm like, so bad. My brother said, Ajita, eat it. It is good. I'm like, no. <laughs> If he's watching me right now, he will never take me to any restaurants now. His hands were not good. One of the principles that in the New Testament we see is the disciples of Jesus were with him and doing stuff with Jesus. And they, they oftentimes, they, and Jesus was known to break the rules. He was a savage in that. And the, the elders, the Pharisees, and I mean, Honestly, can I tell you something? Jesus always had problems with Pharisees. So today in my sermon, you have to identify, are you a Pharisee or you are a follower? Amen. And because that's where, I mean, whose side are you in? Are you a Pharisee or you are the follower of Jesus Christ? As a follower of Christ Jesus, sometimes when you break certain of these laws, you know, his grace covers you up. But with the Pharisees, they can do anything. Because for them, they have to follow these ordinances. They have to follow everything in order. And only then they can worship God Almighty. And where do they take these scriptures? It is, it is a practice in the Old Testament where they had a ceremonial cleansing that happened. Before they, they take part in food, they have to wash their hands. And for the Jewish tradition, this is how they see it. They can't touch anything that is unclean. If they touch anything unclean, for them, uncleanness was contagious. Now, I touch a dead body, and then I go and touch somebody else, a living person. Everybody in that line, in that chain that I touch, and that person touches becomes 
unclean. Skin problems was unclean. Certain food was unclean. So there's a lot of things that was unclean, counted unclean, and people could not touch these items. And part of their ceremonial washing, cleansing, before they took part in any meal, they had to wash their hands. And it was not the habit of when they, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not the purpose of hygiene here. It's the purpose of fitting into the criteria of what can I do for God. It was just into saying that, okay, you know what, I'm going to do it because all my elders have done it so far. I'm going to wash it. And this is how they used to wash it. They used to keep their hands, fingers towards, uh, pointing towards bottom. And the amount of water that they used was equivalent to three eggshells. Three eggshells. One and a half eggshells, you know. So that's the amount of water. I mean, can you actually wash your hand with that water? Like, will your dirt go away if you worked hard in, 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 in the agriculture industry? Whatever you, you work. I mean, most of these people were in agriculture or cattle, rearing business, whatever you did. But would you, do you do justice to, to wash your hands with just three shells of water? Three eggshells of water with its little bit. But they just wanted to do it just because they wanted to please the elders and follow the ordinance and follow the pattern of the ceremonial washing. But here's Jesus' disciples. Yes, of course, they did not wash their hands. I give it for them. But the point was, it's not about them washing. It's about, Jesus talks to them about, it's not what comes in, it's not what goes in defiles you, but whatever comes outside of you. Sometimes Jesus has this idea of taking the scripture and hitting them on their home ground. Really good. And here Jesus talks to them about, you know what? It's not about your hands. It's about what comes out of your heart. And today when I stand here, we have all these worship and elaborate stuff that goes on. We can do a lot of stuff on our stage and our preaching and our talking and our ministry. But what is the, the heart of the matter is how is your heart's condition? Because whatever comes out of it, God is the one who looks into the heart. He's the one who counts it. He's the one who knows it. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the inside. And today when I bring out this message here, I want us to know and understand if God wants to undo something in our life, it is empty words. It is hollow worship. It is our heart's condition that is distant from him. Let us bring our hearts, draw us closer to the throne of grace. We will approach the throne of grace with confidence because of what he has done. My washing hands will help me physically. Hygiene, it protects me. But if I have to take care of my heart, it has to do in the presence of God. I mean, I have to lay it down in the presence of God. Let him know, God, all I want is just you. Nothing else I, I care. Nothing else. My heart. As a Christian, as Pentecostals, as believers, my dream is to pastor a church that is transparent in your heart. In your heart. This matters the most. When we come to the house of God, when we sing songs and we worship God, when we do ministry here, I want to make sure that our heart is clean in the presence of God Almighty. 
We don't bring any other sacrifices now. We don't bring lamb or goat or pigeon or dove. We don't get all this. But what do we offer? We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God Almighty. And in the Bible we see anything that was offered as a living sacrifice should be without any blemish. We offer ourselves. Every morning when we come here, we offer ourselves. Yes, we do have flaws in our life, but we offer ourselves. Why? Because our heart is clean. Our heart is clean. A clean heart. God, renew and give me a clean heart is what David reminds. As we go forward, we look into the portion of Jesus was helping the, 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 the disciples and the people there to understand that that um, it is more about what comes out of you, your heart. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 to 9, when you read it, you will come to an understanding. Jesus quotes out a scripture from Isaiah, and he, 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 he quotes out saying, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are distant and far from me. They worship me in vain. They, they move their lips. They do all the talking. But their heart is far from me. Their heart is far from me. Jesus himself quotes from prophet Isaiah and he replies to the Pharisees and Sadducees, it's not about all the ceremonial things that you could do to look good in front of people. You can put an image, you can put a mask to, to show yourself as perfect and holy. But what matters the most is how is your heart's condition? Can I have the worship team behind me? How is your heart's condition? Because you worship me I, I'm praying and I'm so thankful that our church is a church that does not worship God in vain. But even if you are here listening to me, if your heart's condition is, is, is worshiping God in vain, change your heart today. I love God to change your heart. I love God to talk to your heart that you will worship God in the truth of who He is. Who He is. Sometimes when we think about worship, immediately we think about the songs that we sing. I remember going to, my, 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 uh, my, my dad was, I think he was Jacobite or Marthoma. I, I, I always get confused with that. Um, so um, uh, I remember going to the, uh, the, 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 the temple, the, the church uh, growing up. And what I saw was people stand up, they sing in the tune. They sing all those. Enough creative way to worship God. Can I tell you, there is enough creative ways to worship God. In a Malayali culture, we worship God in a different way. In a black culture, they worship God in a different way. In an African culture, oh, you're, I love it when I see some of the videos from African churches. They dance, they groove, they run around, they do a lot of stuff. I love it. There's a lot of different creative ways that we can do to worship God. Sometimes because we are not used to it, it shocks us. But God cannot be limited because of what we know. Cultures around the world worship God in a different way. You know, it's funny. But what happened was uh, uh, a couple of months ago, um, my brother was sharing this story to me. A couple of months ago in our church back in India, they had this smoke machine on the 
stage, and I don't know why they, they use smoke machine, but I think it's, it looks good for pictures, right? So they, they use, my brother and they, the worship team, they use a smoke machine on our stage, and it was the very first time that the smoke machine was introduced in my church. Guess what happened? This, I mean, they started pumping out, it, the machine was on, they started pumping out the smoke, and there was smoke on the stage, right? My mom is the pastor auntie of the church, right? So she got scared because there was smoke on the stage. She got up immediately. She started looking at what is happening. Where is the fire coming? My mom thought it was a fire, accident, fire, short, you know, shortage of some circuit. And she was so scared because she's not used to it. There are different creative ways that we can use to worship God. We cannot limit Him just because of what we have done, just because of the instruments we have played, just because of the songs that we have sung, just because of the tune that we have kept all our life, there are creative ways to worship God. I was watching a Hispanic Assemblies of God conference. They had, they had ribbons, they had flag dancers. It was beautiful. The way they were worshiping God. There are creative ways where we can do it. One of, what, what are the things that we can do in our Bible? What of the Bible helps us to understand is when we come to the house of God, we bow down in His presence. That is a way, a practice, an expression of you worshiping God. I know most of you guys here, you go on your knees and you pop out the ring to show it to your bride forever and you ask her, will you marry me? You, that's the only time maybe you have bowed bow down and gone on your knees. But can I tell you, in the presence of God, we should always be in an attitude asking male or female, whoever it is, we could be on our knees and ask God, I ask you forgiveness. God, I thank you for becoming my first love. God, I thank you because you are the only one that I can serve and I long for your presence all the time. I bow down in reverence to his presence. That's an expression of worship. That's an expression of how many, how many years has it been that we have gone down on our kneel and we have, we have worshipped God. Psalms 95 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. I pray. I pray our worship services will be an atmosphere where we will intentionally from the bottom of our hearts we will kneel down we will bow down in the adoration and the revelation of who our God is in our life sometimes we lift our hands in worship in our culture we understand lifting our hands denotes two things one is when the cops pull the gun on you you're like I surrender so one, when you lift your hands, it's about you surrendering to God. Two, in our culture, when you lift our hands, it denotes you have won victory. When your favorite team wins, you lift your hands and you celebrate, denoting that you have won victory. Can I tell you something? One, when we lift our hands, we need to surrender our thoughts, our emotions, our gestures, our well-being. Everything that I have, I surrender to God who is great in my life. Number two, when we lift our hands, we let the devil know that I have won victory through Christ Jesus who leads me. It's a prophetic declaration. When we lift our hands, we worship him. We bow down. 
It's a declaration letting everybody know I have victory in the blood of the Lamb. We lift our hands. Oh, Jesus. Psalm 63 verse 4. I will praise you as long as I live. Live, and in your name, I will lift up my holy hands. Sometimes we dance in celebration. Dancing is another expression of worshiping God. When I talk about dancing and worshiping God, whose name comes out in your mind immediately? David, yes, he's a guy. David danced for Jesus. He worshiped because of what God has done in his life. Sometimes it is good for you to move around and check out that if your bones are okay, dance in the presence of God, everything will be fine and God will heal you. I don't know, I mean, it's hate to see him and sometimes it's hate to mention too. I hate to see people. What are you doing? If you have the energy, the potential that God has given in your life, dance, celebrate of what he has done in your life. Come on, there's a great party in the heaven when one sinner accepts Jesus Christ and joins his force. I believe there is dancing in heaven. We can, we can dance and worship and celebrate his presence. Psalms 149 verse 3, let them praise his name with dancing. It's, script, it's scriptural. We can do it. We can do it. Sometimes we worship God with a, with a sacrifice of praise. The words that we bring up, it helps us. But my question would be, why do we worship? Why is the need? But let me just bring your attention to us. We worship our God because He is our rock. He is our redeemer. He is our righteousness. God is our deliverer. He is our defense. He is our strength. He is our shield and our salvation. He is the bread of life, the living water. He is the good shepherd, the true wine. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the light of the world, the Lamb of God, the Lion of Judah. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's ever-present. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the Everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He is my God. And I worship Him. I worship Him. I clap my hands and worship Him. I lift my hands and worship Him. I bow down and worship Him. I dance and worship Him because of who He is in my life. Can we all stand up in God's house? Because of who He is. He's the Alpha, the Omega. He's the King of my heart. He's the King of my heart. He's the King of my heart.
you, Lord, for leading us all together. I thank you, Lord, for leading us in our triumphal procession all the time in your presence. I thank you, God, for all that you do. Father, we bow down at your presence. We lift up our holy hands. We come with a praise, the sacrifice of praise. Father, we want to lift your name, O High. Clean our heart. We become, we become whole and clean and be formed in the image of yours, in the likeness of yours. Help us, O oh Lord, that we don't do things just for the sake of doing, just for practicing certain laws and revelation. But Father, help us. The hearts are clean. Father, I pray over every individual here. As we journey on during this week, I pray for your blessings to lead us and be with us and strengthen us. Thank you for all that you are doing. I give them to your holy hands. Bless them, O oh Lord. Amen. Keep them safe, O oh Lord. Father, I pray if there is anybody who is sick in their bodies, I pray for your healing hands to touch them and to heal them. Be with them, O oh Lord. Father, we also remember right now um, Brother Georgie's brother who is taking a mission trip to Iraq. We pray, God, that um, you will be with him in this journey and missionary trip and be with them, O oh Lord. Strengthen them, O oh Lord. Guide them, O oh Lord. And I pray heavenly blessings to be poured out. Wisdom and security and safety to be poured out, O oh Lord. We thank you, God, for every member in our church. Bless them and be with them. Strengthen them. We thank you, God, for all our kids who are going back to school. We pray that you will be with them, O oh Lord. Thank you for their, their work that they are doing. And I pray there will be a blessing for your kingdom wherever they are. Thank you for all our families that join us online and pray a prayer of blessing over their life. Thank you for doing so. In Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen. 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 May the extravagant love of our Father, may the abounding um, 